0: bitch, please.
1: Oh, bitch, please, my ass. You want a sandwich?
0: Dig yeah, that. Oh, hell yeah.
1: She's a bad man I'm a black man in a white world.
2: I'm a black man in a white world. If I wasn't a Christian man, I'd probably be kicking in your ass.
1: Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the JB's Low Tech Podcast. Well, we're in 2022 and we made it. Today's guest is a dad, a comedian, national comedian, and a lover of pancakes. And With close to one billion streams of his shows and six albums, makes him a national comic and... Only he would understand this inside joke. He is now a headliner, and you will find out more about him next here on the JB's Low Tech Podcast.
3: In Pennsylvania, a teenage girl that was about to turn 18 was driving her brand-new car home when she looked down to check a text message and struck a tree, killing herself and injuring a friend in the car. The average message takes 4.6 seconds to create. Hi, I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshaw and Bryant. Please don't drive while well intoxicated or allow your friends and family to do so. No text message or phone call is worth dying for. Find Mike Bryant at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Mike Bryant, seeking justice for the injured. we okay.
1: Welcome back ladies and gentlemen to the JB's Low Tech Podcast. As I stated earlier, today's guest is a podcaster, a dad, a comedian, a lover and a lover of pancakes. And I truly want him to know that he is a headliner. Today's guest is Chad Daniels. How you doing, Chad?
2: <laughs> oh, I'm doing great. That was there was, was some deep cuts there. Right. <laughs> oh, that's great.
1: All right, I'm gonna cause I had that in that line in the opening too. I'm gonna let the audience know Chad is a national comedian and the, the best uh, comedy club in town here in Minneapolis and one of the best in the country. Uh, Acme Comedy Club is owned and run by a gentleman by the name of Lewis Lee, and he and Chad had an interchange that f- that at some point Lee. Um, or uh, Lewis uh, threw in the line, Chad, you no know headliner. <laughs> so- yeah,
2: that's right. <laughs> so- it, was the, it was the first time he'd ever let me headline the club. Yeah. And it was, a, it was a Tuesday. That's how he would do it. He would try to see if you were ready by giving you a Tuesday, not a weekend. Okay. And then I thought I had a good set, and I was kind of excited for him to come back in the green room. And then when he did – That's when he came back and said, you know, you know, (laughs) headliner and uh, boy, I was just heartbroken. And then he came back in after that and was laughing, and of course, you know, told me just kidding and all that stuff. But, man, it was it was a pretty good burn.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I uh, my two run ins with Lewis are both the same, (laughs) basically, basically the same way ran into him in parking lots introduce myself, and then reintroduce myself the second time. And he had this look of fear in his face both times. <laughs> 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 hey, Lewis, uh, JB, work on the Tom Bernard podcast. And he had this look of fear, and then he just when I, he heard me say Tom Bernard podcast. He just kind of calmed down from there.
2: Yeah, he probably, I mean, he gets hit up for work so often. That he probably just thought you were a comedian cornering him for a spot or something.
1: And in both times, he had a cigarette going, so oh, absolutely, I, I was yep. screwing up his smoke break more, <laughs> more than anything, probably. So, what's up going on with you in uh, two thousand twenty two? Two um, thousand twenty two. I just got
2: back on the road after a sixteen month break, oh, because of because of COVID and all right. that stuff. So started touring again, and um, I'm in Cincinnati this week. And then Omicron or Omicron, I've heard it pronounced both ways, um, which isn't that just about perfect with mm-hmm. everything that's happening. Is that yeah. now now we can't even decide how to pronounce it? But <laughs> um, so it's it's affecting the numbers a little bit. People aren't necessarily coming out, right? Which is which is okay because I think with. In this situation, it really does have to be to each their own, you know, wh- wh- whatever decision you want to make about this stuff is, is your right. decision. So, um, yeah, it's just been interesting to, to see, um, you know, bef- every Monday I get the amount of tickets that have been sold, sent to me yeah. and then, um, every single show this week that I've done, it's been probably about half of that. And so I started asking and they said, yeah, people are calling you know canceling reservations and and stuff like that cuz they don't want to go out which is which is understandable but then that makes me think well what's going to happen are we headed back to another yeah. another break which i got i mean i love the break i i found out during lockdown that i was built for retirement
1: <laughs> were you
2: oh absolutely i'm, <laughs> I'm pretty lazy and i love being home just tinkering around like an old man
1: well um I can't believe that the, uh, this virus almost uh, tore a country apart, but it almost did. Believe it or not. And no, that, it's barely
2: hanging on. Yeah. Right,
1: and I and I blame that on leadership, national leadership. But um, mm-hmm. I was lucky. I had to had to continue. Well, I could have quit, but I had to continue to work through the whole shutdown. Uh okay. we scaled back, um, I'm working at the main, um, supply hub at the university of Minnesota campus. We scaled okay. back and there were days we were working three, four hours a day and getting paid for eight. And it's like, huh, okay. You know, roll in. And it was, and it was very odd because we'd be in the middle of something and the supervisor would go, you gotta go, which meant if I was, um, <laughs> if I could have been, like, tightening the boat on, a, and I wouldn't be doing this, but if I was tightening a boat on something to stop water from leaking in, I would have just had to leave. And <laughs> the leak would have <laughs> had to keep going.
2: <laughs> Let it leak.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, you got to go. Because they wanted, at that time, they wanted as few of us on campus as possible, as, as short as possible. So yeah. I was like. Oh, well. So, yeah, I was thinking myself just a day or two ago, are we headed backwards? Because, yeah, and it's very strange. I mean, this variant is um, supposedly it was less dangerous, but more contagious. And now it sounds like the danger part of it is starting to kick up again. Uh, yeah,
2: it's just, it's a mess. What do you do?
1: Right, because you're starting to hear now that more and more young people, as in young children, are starting to fill those beds in the hospitals. So, I I don't know.
2: I mean... Me either. I mean, I, I have zero science background. Right. I, I try to listen to people that, you know, have letters after their name. right. <laughs> Instead of people that just saw a meme on Facebook, but um, who knows? I I don't have any answers.
1: How do you? Let me ask you this: How do you feel as a comedian finding out that people are listening to a comedian about their advice on how to protect themselves from COVID? Oh, I know, (laughs) Joe Rogan.
2: (laughs) Nobody got into comedy. Because they thought, well, eventually there's going to be a pandemic and I'm going to help lead people through it. I mean, I was doing this bit, um, you know, Aaron, the free thinker, Aaron Rodgers. Right. uh, I was doing this bit where I said, uh, Aaron Rodgers walks into a bar. And this is when I was in Appleton in Madison, Wisconsin. Uh Oh. And I go, Aaron Rodgers walks into a bar and uh, the bartender says, hey, Aaron, why the long face? He says, oh, it's because I've been taking horse pills on the advice of a comedian that used to ask people to eat bugs on a game mm-hmm. show. <laughs> so, I yeah. mean, I th- every, everyone in Wisconsin was a pretty good sport about it.
1: But. Well, that's good. Because if anybody's going to get upset about it, it's going to be those people in Wisconsin about their starting quarterback at Green Bay. So, <laughs> Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's just, that's a different breed of people over there.
2: So, yeah, they do love them.
1: <laughs> so how's your family?
2: Family's good. Um, son is twenty-two. Daughter seventeen. So she is a senior in high school. She applied to two colleges and luckily got into both. She's a little smarty pants, mm-hmm. so that helps. So now she's making the decision. One is the University of Minnesota at Duluth.
1: Okay, my son um, went there and okay and loved yeah, it. She,
2: yeah, everyone that she's talked to loves it. She's a figure skater, and they have that. Yes, they have that rink there mm-hmm. where. You know, you can. The hockey team doesn't use it because they have their own facilities, and so it's an open rink, and she likes that idea. But then the other one is in Southern California, so we're just going to have to see which one she picks. I don't, I don't know yet, but uh, but yeah, we're still waiting on, on that from her. And I would assume the closer it gets to having to leave home, mm-hmm. the more and more she will probably lean towards Duluth. But right, I guess I guess I don't know. And um, my son. Did not ever have Corona. Neither did I. Right. My daughter did get it. She went to uh, a summer camp, and they have bunk beds. And this lady, this girl above her, was coughing on like all week. I guess right. just coughing horribly. And then uh, my daughter was <laughs> like, "Can we switch? Because I, I feel <laughs> like you're sick." And she didn't. The girl wouldn't switch, and she wouldn't get tested, and the camp wouldn't make her get tested. And so then my daughter came home and she had it but she was um my daughter had the vaccine when mm-hmm. she oh, when good. she got it so it was like a breakthrough so she didn't have I mean she had a fever for one night and that was it but
1: now my uh my son who's 32 he's the one that went to University of Minnesota Duluth um feared it feared it feared it and whipped up his anxiety i mean he suffers from anxiety like his old man and um he finally caught it had fever for a day or so and he was fine okay good. and now he doesn't fear it at all and i think (laughs) he'll get tested again because he works around kids okay but um um he doesn't fear it as much anymore since he went through it the one time and my daughter who's a senior at uh, florida a and m university um, pre pre med major she is um wow. protecting herself the best she can but she came down with it too and um, um but she had she was asymptomatic so okay and like i said i've never i don't think i ever the only time i think i had it was November 2019 and that's when it was first hit in the country and there was no testing and they didn't think people even in the country even had it yet. So sure. Yep. But, um, so that was, that is my COVID experience. I've, um, luckily have had no friends or, or family members die, but I've had uh, friends of friends die and it's not, mm-hmm. it's just not a good, situation um you spoke some about uh post-covid and well we can't say post but (laughs) post-covid break comedy (laughs) so you said that uh things how have the crowds been of, of the people who have shown up
2: well the initially there was this you know everyone's so happy to be out of the house excitement right um, so that was really fun. Cause it was all, you know, we were all just like little kids that just, you know, we'd been grounded for a month and this was our first day back on our bike. And so we were just, you know, excited to be there. And now that's worn off a little bit, I've noticed. And people are, you know, people are kind of back to, um, you know, digging in their heels a little bit on certain topics right. and stuff. Cause initially you could talk about anything and people were laughing. They were just so happy to be away from, the kids they had been homeschooling for a year oh, yeah. <laughs> they were just thrilled to be out so you could talk about anything to be like i'll give you a pass it's just nice to be out of my house <laughs> um and and now that's the you know the the newness of that has worn off a little bit but it's still it's still good people are still excited that uh you know that they can go out and that they're around i right. think that you know i don't know how many people would admit that but i think that probably more people were scared of this thing than you'd you'd think and um and they're just excited to be around doing
1: stuff. Well, um people who go to comedy shows have to understand one thing that they are um they're dealing with very in my in my thought very bright people who are probably going to comment on what the hell is going on in society or in their at least in their life at that point. Sure. And yeah. um you can't uh, laugh at that or at least roll with it you probably and i know you probably don't want me to say this but you probably should just stay home if you're gonna be that damn sensitive
2: oh no i've said it too (laughs) i'm not worried about it like if if you're gonna come and, and take everything seriously and just make it a press conference instead of a comedy show then yeah stay home and watch you know pick your favorite comedian you've ever seen and put them on youtube and watch it Right and make sure it's from before the pandemic because your favorite comedian's probably talking about stuff too
1: yeah, and I mean um, and most and most comedians will probably have some type of uh, view of it and from probably the view of how and it's affecting us because it it has affected affected you guys i mean i've gone out to mm-hmm. two shows um since we've um bounce back. One was Tom Papa. Uh, okay. I know he's a kind of friend of yours. You, you, yeah, were that's on, a great pick. Yeah. You were on what a joke with him and fortune. And, mm-hmm. um, and then I saw a local comic, uh, KJ, the comedian and also Adrian Washington. So I've been to three different okay. shows. So, okay. Yeah. And you know, I just let things roll and I don't, you know, I'm there to be entertained and and to have a have a laugh. And to you know and if their total thing is not to think about anything that's happening in the world to to me is just bogus. Just look you know, listen listen to somebody else's view and kinda of laugh at it. That's my thought.
2: Yeah, you know, I, I think that if you if you're trying to avoid hearing about anything that's going on in the world, you should probably go in on one of those uh, those quiet tanks right. where they put you in the water and play Enya or whatever. <laughs> but um, I, I also think it's the responsibility of comedians and every single person to use the phrase, in my opinion. Right. I mean... I think if if people would start using the phrase, in my opinion, and if they would be willing to admit they don't know something, and then also to mind their business about a lot of stuff, boy, oh, boy, would that be fun.
1: Yeah, because pre-COVID, it was the Me Too movement, and uh, comedians were being picked off by snipers left and right for old posts on social media or some joke that they told, or this, that, and the other. And I was like, man, this is crazy. Are you going to be allowed to say anything without somebody coming at you? Well, I had this
2: conversation with my daughter, and I've said it on stage, so I'm not trying to like pass off a bit on your show. But,
1: no, that's fine. Um,
2: because my daughter was like, well, you know, you've said some things in the past. Are you worried you're going to get canceled? And I said, nobody gets canceled. Right. The only thing that happens is... Your fan base shifts. Yep. So instead of you know people coming out and and you know necessarily the people that are coming out right now they might not like something and they won't come out but I mean Louis C.K. just put out a special and he was supposedly canceled and he just put out a special and a, he got huge numbers and it's because either people are i don't know i think his fan base just shifted the people that have a problem with what he did don't watch his specials but then there are like you know people that go i don't know i don't know what was wrong with right those girls shouldn't have been in his room you know i've heard that conversation and they watch the special so nobody gets canceled it's just a matter of who's going to remain a fan and who's going to become a fan after all the the dust settles
1: yeah and and i don't know why i forgot this i i and he didn't have a set or anything, but Dave Chappelle was in town, and he's going around the country showing his um, his, uh, documentary. Oh, right. Of his, uh, (laughs) I call it his bubble (laughs) in Ohio, because basically that's what he was running. He was running his own bubble, like the NBA and NHL (laughs) and whatnot. Absolutely. He was was running a comedy entertainment bubble (laughs) in his little small town. Because, I mean, he was testing people and whatnot. And, um, and you know, and he's, he's caught heat for his third part now of his contract with um, Netflix. And it's, you know, and he was trying to make the connection of people punching down on um, transgender people. As they have done with black people over the, over the years. And mm-hmm. asking, if you're going to ask to stop punching down on transgender people, please stop punching down on my people. And yeah. people missed the whole connection. <laughs> I just
2: Yeah, yeah I, I completely agree. I think he took a huge swing with this thing. And I just don't think he got all of the ball. And I right. blame that on on yes people. I mean, Chappelle is surrounded by yes people. Is he? Uh, Well, yeah, I I mean, I I would think so. You know, everyone, everyone calls him the goat and everyone around him is saying like, Oh, Dave Chappelle's the best. We don't, but when, when some, when you think someone is the best, you're not questioning how they've worded something and you're not questioning their bits because, um, You know, I have friends right now that will watch my set. Uh, Kevin Bozeman Mm -hmm. is one of my favorite people to have watch a set, and then because we are very honest with one another about what's going on in the set, so uh, without that, you become unchecked, and then you know sometimes when you're when you're so close to something, you can't see the bigger picture. But someone that's taken a couple steps back, they can, and then they give you advice, and you go, oh yeah, I never thought of it that way. So yeah, I think it would have been nice if Chappelle could have had a couple people watching this hour going, this, there's a disconnect here. We see what you're doing, right. and we think it's a great point, but it's not translating perfectly yet. Yeah. And I think when you're doing something, when you take that big of a cut, it really needs to be airtight.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And then I think that's where he missed it. It just it wasn't airtight. There were, people were able to pick away at it and chip at it because it wasn't airtight. And so that's, I think where the backlash is coming, but the idea of, I mean, you know, he said it a couple of times where he said there was a transgender woman and she, um, she said, you know, my people have been struggling for 20 years and Chappelle was like, try 400. Right. You know? And so the, the, the point is there. I just think the way, um, he just missed it just a little bit. I mean, it's not like it was a, a complete miss, but it was like a like a ground rule double. It just right. wasn't a homer. So yeah,
1: I. Um, but yeah, I have to be honest. I, there was some un, I was uncomfortable a little bit watching it. But I was, you know, when the connection was made for me, was um, when he when he came in town. He had uh, other comics perform. He had Linnell perform. He had Jeff Ross perform. Uh, he had. Um, Usher come out and um wow. Justin Bieber come out they both did like four or five songs each this was Seekers. Yeah I mean it was a 3 hour event I mean it started with a transgender local transgender comic and then it went to uh uh Dave Ross to uh not Dave Ross uh
2: Jeff Je- Ross Jeff Ross
1: yep. Yeah Je- Jeff Ross And then he brought up Linnell. And then Jeff brought up people from the audience and roasted them without any knowledge (laughs) of the people. And he was damn good. And then they introduced the documentary and the documentary ended. And Dave came out and talked about uh, some of the people in the audience. Because uh, some of the people in the audience who were his guests were... uh, the family members of like um oh uh, george floyd and okay. um, and others who had been recently killed by police officers and okay. um, and then he said and he said something about not being able to get here when that went down, and it finally connected the documentary and his last communi- special, it tied the knot completely at that point. So the the um the documentary went a little long, but um sure. Um but it, it got its point over. And I mean it was funny. It was like it was like him performing first and then there was a uh Mexican comedian that came in town and then uh Darnell Rollins was in town and all of a sudden by by the time it was Chris Rock and Trevor Noah and uh Kevin. Holy crap. <laughs> um Jeff Ross was there and uh uh Kevin um oh Kevin Hart was there. It was like oh this person, that person, this person, uh uh God, the, the guy that played Danny Tanner uh, on uh, Full House, the comedian. And he was also oh, the host yeah. of a, American uh, Favorite Videos. Mm-hmm. Bob Saget. Bob yeah. Saget was there. <laughs> it's like, can you stop now?
2: <laughs> That's unbelievable.
1: <laughs> and literally, he saved his town by doing this because he was holding events and people would show up and pay. And he was taking care of his little town in Ohio. Wow. You know, because, you know, those people had to have a place to stay when they were in town. Michelle Williams actually lived with him and his wife and family because she was like one of the first ones there, too. And it was like it was unbelievable the amount of talent he had to show up in that small town. And that was partly because comics um, were so bored and just wanted to get out and perform. They were literally begging him to show up so
2: that's unreal
1: but he was testing people and whatnot and for weeks i think months there was no positive test, and then one body came back positive and he shut the whole thing down
2: yeah i mean i know it's a very popular thing because any anytime you go to the midwest you'll always see people out at comedy shows with their Chappelle mask on right and that's you know that's where they sold those only so right yeah so it's uh it's interesting to see that that is you know has yeah. been spread across the midwest
1: yeah he had to fight with the local government because they were shooting off fire because it was around Fourth of July and they were shooting off fireworks and the locals some of the locals didn't like it, and they had a uh, board meeting to decide to shut it down or whatnot and they had this woman she was the oldest woman in the um part of town and she was white and she was a white grandma and she you know somehow because they were doing it over um zoom and she got connected and when they showed her dave goes "Uh oh (laughs) it's like we're in trouble now and she goes well i want you to know that my grandchildren took me to this and Dave was like oh we're in big trouble (laughs) and she goes I couldn't have had a more better time in my life
2: wow nice (laughs) and he
1: lost his marbles at that point he was blown away and the (laughs) vote came back for them to continue so yeah it was a strange time for, for I know for you guys in that world um so to uh Segway, I have a question for you. Sure. How, how, do you, how do you do a podcast with one of the biggest know-it-alls in the world, Cy <laughs> it's, uh
2: I've become, I have a PhD in eye-rolling.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Because he is about as bad as... Um, us, uh, Rogan. Seth (laughs) Rogan. With the knowledge of everything. I've worked well we've
2: we've decided that uh, we we both know nothing and any knowledge we pass off is absolute hogwash. So
1: (laughs) he got into a almost knockdown drag out fight one time with one of the producers of Tom Bernard's podcast. (laughs) And literally big mike literally big mike wanted to like go reach across the table and this is when they were on uh the location was above uh acme so he had the room with the big long table mike wanted to come across because they were at different ends mike wanted to come across the table and beat the shit out Uh, out of the side yeah and at one of his times there he my 40 years of working college athletics at the time, I knew nothing about anything about college athletics. I just went, you were jackass, you know that? <laughs> <laughs> but I just wondered, how do you get through a podcast with him?
2: I do a lot of interrupting with, with my idea of what's right, which is probably also not right. So it's, <laughs> it's basically people listen to an old married couple bicker. <laughs>
1: What's the name of that podcast by the way?
2: It's called the middle of somewhere
1: okay and how often do you guys do it?
2: uh every comes out every Monday morning
1: all right no I was just um yeah I was just amazed when I found out you did a podcast with him because i would I would lose my crap because he <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, he's we, we've been friends for a very long time and he he can absolutely uh you know be a smart Aleck and stuff like that but it's a it's a fun balance because so can I.
1: Yeah, I've, I've, he's somewhat on my list of people to ask on here. But I was like, I've never been angry with a guest, but how would it go if he ticks me off? <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, I love it.
1: So, uh, also about ticking people off. When you go on the Tom, Tom Bernard podcast, you make fun of his daughter every time you're on there. Why do you do that? Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, the first time I was on, we started um just kind of making fun of one another and then I th- I think she didn't realize, I think she had kind of a a ceiling to her
0: right
2: wanting to do it, but once we started, I couldn't stop. And I just I just really enjoyed uh tearing in. And then, you know, it's it's interesting because you have uh his daughter is there. Right. And you were going back and forth, and Tom is laughing. So that's yes. just encouraging me because I think, well, if he's laughing, that's everything must be fine. But then I would kind of out of the corner of my eye, I would see Tom's wife. Oh yeah. And and she would be smiling, but I think a mother's job is to protect more oh, yeah. than fathers. Yep. So I think I think there were times where she gave me a look where I was like, "This is enough." Like, <laughs> okay. I can I can respect that.
1: Well, you you, you got to know that Tom grew up in a neighborhood where, uh, as we called it, playing the Joneses or is ribbing each other, was part of growing Mm -hmm. up. So he just finds it funny. Um, Sure. Case in point, um, the comic that used to do the voice, the Affleck voice. um,
2: Gilbert Godfrey.
1: Gilbert came in and had me, trying to have me do different moments in black TV like, um, um, JJ doing dynamite or, okay. uh, or, or, uh, the mother on that show when they killed off James Evans. And at the end of the show, she threw down a plate and went, damn, damn, damn. And he, and I was like, mm-hmm. Oh, okay. he, he, he did it a couple of times. Like, all right, this is great. And then he kept doing it and kept doing it. And, uh, Tom could tell I was getting pissed, and Catherine really could tell I was getting pissed, and, and he wouldn't stop. So the next time Gilbert came in, and he started, he picked up right where he left off again. I had half a baseball bat in my in my uh, briefcase, <laughs> <laughs> in my briefcase, and put it on the table and looked at him like, "All right, you can either continue this bullshit and get hit over the head, or we can move on." <laughs>
2: Oh, that's
1: great. So, yeah, that, you know, but no, Tom, Tom's love, he loves that because he would love it when that's why they had me on Fridays because comedians would pick on me constantly. And he thought that was the greatest thing in the world. And when Gilbert just basically took over a whole hour plus of him just uh, ripping on me, he thought that was the greatest thing in the world. And I was like, okay, <laughs> there's a point where <laughs> it needs to stop. And, and I've seen some of the times with you and Alex, and she turns so red-faced and and whatnot because she loves everybody. She loves the world. She kind of has, you know, kind of a, for lack of a better term, Pollyannish view of uh, the world and society. And it's like, <laughs> and then there's you that's like hitting her with quickies that have truth to it <laughs> it's like, or questioning her truth. And it was like, yeah, I, I can definitely see where Tom would think that was funny.
2: Well, you had to love that I came in and found a new target. You had the Friday. Oh, offer. yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's just like when I go to comedy shows, I always tell them, don't put me in the front. Sure. Because let's face it, when, you know, you get in the front row and you and I've had this happen of Don Rickles and. Uh, uh, George. Um, Oh, why can't I think of his last name? Wallace? Wallace. And other people like that. You always get, and you're the only black guy in the audience, you always get picked on. (laughs) I mean, I wound up telling your mama jokes with George Wallace. Oh, that's great. (laughs) And Rickles, every time he needed to tell a black joke, he would say it and then turn to me and go, ain't that right, brother? And I was like, (laughs) Oh, <laughs> can you find somebody else?
2: That's so annoying.
1: It's like, Don, it's funny, but can you just find somebody else? Because, you know, all the crowd then turns back to me to see what my sure. response is going to be. So
2: it's a lot of pressure.
1: Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it, and it's not like I'm angry or anything. I'm probably more embarrassed than anything. Sure. So, so, and, um, um, Kevin Bozeman actually did that to me a couple of times <laughs> too. So, but that was after we met and, oh, and gotcha. whatnot. So greatest thing I ever saw was Kevin Bozeman was, uh, he was at Acme and he, uh, he was a little under the weather. This was pre COVID he was a little under the weather and, um, he asked for a shot to kind of help him through the, the show. And, um, <laughs> He noticed a um, bridal party uh, uh, in the back that wouldn't shut up, basically. And so he went to, like, try to get them to quiet down. And he's like, well, who's getting married? And she screamed, me, or whatever. And it's like, okay, can I buy you a shot if we do a shot together? And then I can get you guys to quiet down. And so he bought her the shot. And he went to uh, toaster. And she ran up on stage to be with him. <laughs> and he looked at her like, I didn't ask you to come to F up here. and <laughs> be a part of this. This was to get you the quiet. And he's like, okay, since so you're here, are you ready? One, two, three. And he said, now get your ass back in your goddamn seat and shut the hell up. <laughs> so how, how do you guys put up with that crap? You know? bridal parties and drunken guy groups and all those things, or at least how do you put up with it?
2: Yeah, I just, um, I just try to ask them to calm it down. I mean, with a bridal party, they're there for one thing, and it is attention. Yeah. So I, I tell them at the beginning of the show, I go, hey, I'm going to talk to you guys, but not till later. So if you could keep it down till then, that would be great. And then when I'm talking to them, I also say I only want to talk to the bride. Yes. Because otherwise you're going to have 15 people screaming answers to you, and that's impossible. So I say, I only want to talk to the bride. If someone else wants to talk to me, then I'm not going to do this. Mm -hmm. And it's awesome because sometimes there'll be one lady in those parties that can't be quiet, Mm -hmm. and she keeps screaming. And then I say, all right, I tried to give you your attention, but I guess your friend needed it more than you did. And then I go home to the hotel and I picture that girl getting (laughs) kicked out of the wedding party.
1: Or at least getting kicked out of the car or bus they came on. Yeah, exactly.
2: (laughs) I I hope that they've been best friends forever.
1: Right.
2: And that uh, she has been asked to be the maid of honor, Mm -hmm. but not after the bachelorette party. And that (laughs) makes me giggle. That's the kind of stuff that keeps me going.
1: I mean... (laughs) I could just picture. You always mess things up. Every time we have a good time, you all, you're always doing it. Awesome. Yeah, oh, man. Now I won't be able to get that out of my head the <laughs> next time I run into that somewhere at a comedy club or something. <laughs> <laughs> that's, Chad, that's pretty damn good. You, you, oh, should, thank you. you should write a bit on that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, where does your comedy come from?
2: Um, I think, you know, well, I mean, if you're talking about way, the way back, yeah, I grew up with like incredibly handsome friends. <laughs> okay. And so I was like, well, listen, I'm never going to be the most handsome guy in this group, so I'm going right. to have to, I'm going to have to really hone my personality if I'm going to plan on, you know, being able to hang in there. When it comes to going out and and talking to women, so uh that's what you know I tried to get my personality, tried to make everything funny. I also you know used it as a defense mechanism. I was one of those kids that would that would try to beat you to the joke mm-hmm. because you know I didn't have you know name brand clothes and all this stuff, so I would beat people to the joke um, but as far as like what's in my act right now, it's just kind of it's again, you know, I said, if people would just say in my opinion, and that's what it is, it's kind of my opinion of what's going on. It's, it's looking at the world through, you know, the lenses in my glasses. And, uh, and, you know, again, I, I talk, I still talk about my kids, even though they're 22 and, and 17, you know, they still, they still make it into the act. And mm-hmm. it's just kind of what's going on in my life. Cause I always thought, you know, if I talk about politics as fact or if i talk about this these other things people there's going to be someone in the crowd that's smarter than me about that topic and they're going to be able to dominate the conversation but if i just talk about my life and my opinions then they can't because it's my life no one knows more about my life and my opinions than me so um so that's what i tried to i tried to make it a rule that i would i would stay within those lines just to make sure that i couldn't get uh you know, couldn't get um, just get heckled and dominated by, by somebody that was looking to ruin a comedian's night.
1: Well, I, I totally understand that. I mean, I, um, I'm from a... I i have eight siblings. And um, there was a ton of hand-me-downs in my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nothing Not more bad. embarrassing, <laughs> even though I had three other brothers. Nothing more embarrassing than somehow getting hand-me-down from a sister. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it's, yeah. like, it's like, what the hell? You know, it was bad enough I get hand-me-downs from my three older brothers, but I got to wear my sister's shirt or whatever now. It's like, no. <laughs> that's, that's fantastic. <laughs> so I understand that. And yeah, I had friends who were better looking than me. So, and I just, yep. I, um, and they were more outgoing than me. For for me to be outgoing, it was for me to be, uh, as I would say, Steve Martin-ish, to do something crazy. You know, our high school had a um, $1.98 gong show one time, and they asked me to be the the, the behind-the-screen commentator. Okay. (laughs) Or, you know, every year the seniors get to put on a – talent show Mm -hmm. and um, me and a friend co-wrote a rap about our senior class that he performed it's it's odd he's a uh he's a television anchor person out east in jersey at this point now we grew up in st louis and uh (laughs) he's on stage performing the rap and a quarter through the rap i come out in full darth vader costume and dance around the stage (laughs) (laughs) So there was a ton of whispers, even though then other class members, we had two guys come out and roller skates. We had girls doing Hulu. I mean, it was a stage full of seniors doing whatever they wanted to do. But mm-hmm. people were whispering, trying to figure out who's the idiot in the Darth Vader costume. <laughs> <laughs> and then they kind of put two to two together and figure it out. I mean, yeah, l-
2: looking around and taking inventory of everyone. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know. At the time, my school, we had 293 seniors. I mean, the school is barely hanging on. I think it has t- like 20. It's an inner city school in St. Louis. <laughs> lucky to have 28 seniors a year now. But Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. There was 293 of us, and I would say huh. a good 50 of us was on stage as my friend is reciting this rap we wrote. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh Yeah. I would come, I came out, and in that same costume, walked into a class of mine and scared the crap out of it. I got to the classroom before she got there, sat in the back of the room, and breathed heavily like Darth Vader. <laughs> 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 I have no idea how I made it through uh, high school chat. but <laughs>
2: Oh, yeah, it was touch and go for me, too. I get it.
1: Right. No, and that's probably why I like to, you know, you're like the fourth or fifth comic that I've interviewed on here. Like I said, I've had Chad Boz, uh, uh Kevin Bozeman on here. I've had um, uh, others on here, and um, it's probably like why I like to talk to comics, because, you know, I kind of get their mindset and where they're coming sure. from and mm-hmm. whatnot. So, so uh, have you traveled the world with your act? Um, I've been lucky enough
2: to go to well, so North America, Canada, Mexico, U.S., and then um, I went to um, uh, Hong Kong okay. and Macau, and we went to Singapore as well. And that that was a Lewis Lee trip that he put together because he was born across the bay in Hong Kong, okay. and, uh, and or from Hong Kong, I should say. Mm-hmm. That. Um, and so it was Tom Segura and Pete Lee and I, and there's a documentary on Amazon called I need you to kill about this trip. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was a ton of fun.
1: Yes. I remember, uh, Pete Lee talking about it. And, uh, who was the third person again? I'm sorry.
2: That's okay. Uh, Uh, Tom Segura. Segura.
1: Yeah. Tom Segura. Who's all, you've all been guests on Tom's podcast and I've gotten Mm -hmm. to meet all of you. And, um, Yes, those two guys talked about that. I didn't realize that uh, Louis Lee had put that together, though. I never never heard that and never made that connection.
2: Yeah, the idea behind the entire trip was to bring three comedians from America to Hong Kong because Hong Kong was having a comedy boom, Mm -hmm. just like the U.S. did in the 80s. But then there was this comedy boom bust in the 90s that I wasn't around for because I, I, you know, I hadn't I didn't get into comedy till after that. But um, and Lewis didn't want the club owners in Hong Kong to oversaturate the market. and, And, you know, all these mistakes that were made here in the United States that he didn't want them to make those same mistakes. So we went over there and did shows. And then Lewis talked to the club owners and the managers about Listen, here's how you can avoid this. Lewis is, is a brilliant, brilliant man. Mm-hmm. And he knows everything there is to know about comedy and, and what's wrong with it and what's right with it. And he just, he really does know everything. So that's, that was the main reason we went over there. But then, of course, you know, you get three comedians, uh, you know, away from home and bedlam will ensue. And we just had so much fun and it was, it was a blast.
1: Well, I wanted to ask you that question so much that I wrote it down twice in my notes, so <laughs> that
3: goes to show you.
1: <laughs> and Lewis only has one flaw, and that's he's fearful of black males asking him hello <laughs> in parking lot. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. And Lewis will probably, well, maybe he will, because there's a couple of staff members who um, follow my podcast, so. Oh, nice! Yeah, um, I grow a little bit every week, and that's all I ask, you know. And I yep. have a sponsor, so um, perfect. Yeah. Um, so you are a lover of pancakes. What is special about pancakes?
2: I don't know, other than the fact that they're so good, and uh, I've had to. I'm getting older, yep. so I've had to cut had to cut them down to every other Saturday. <laughs> But I do have them on Saturdays, and um, you know, I get looked at weirdly when i when I eat them when I'm out because I don't just pour syrup on top of them. I cut a hole out of the middle of the stack mm-hmm. and then I remove that, and then I pour the syrup into the hole. And so I have like a little dipping moat, okay. And then it also soaks into the pancake. Right. from the inside which is which is great and then i also don't like the crusty edges of pancakes and so i never have to eat those because i just keep eating around until the syrup's gone and then i know i'm done
1: that was as the young people say a pro tip because i never <laughs> thought because yeah. you know i'm old school you lift up the stack to get to the bottom pour some on that one then the next one and the next mm-hmm. one and the next one yep you don't have to do that with that I may have to start nope. making pancakes again. Or Chad, just oh, I because think you should at least try it. <laughs> just because of your. I'm going grocery shopping today. I'm going to buy what used to be called Aunt Jemima Pancake Mix. It's no, uh-huh. no longer called that. What's it called now? Pearl something. Pearl milling or something. Yeah. And very, oh, very. Wait a
2: minute. Is that because, is that because the. Um,
1: <laughs> Me Too movement? I think.
2: Yes. but but i think pearl is the the model that they had a picture of and called aunt jemima right right isn't that the woman's the actual woman's name. name yeah oh that's great okay yeah. i didn't know they changed it to her name that's yeah.
1: perfect matter of fact saturday night live did a bit where they called in uh aunt jemima uncle ben the <laughs> <and> other <laughs> other faces <laughs> like that and count chocolate <laughs> you know, oh is that
2: when chappelle was on there
1: might have been,
2: okay. Yeah, I, think yes. I saw that.
1: Yes, because he was playing Uncle Ben, <laughs> or some or some other uh, product with a blackface to tell them all they were fired. <laughs> they were being let go, not because they had did, done anything wrong, but if they would continue, if we continue to have you on our product, <laughs> we're gonna catch hell. <laughs> So, yeah, um, no, I. so I'm going to have to try pancakes because it's funny. Every Monday through Friday, and I know this is going to sound horrible, but for breakfast I eat uh, cottage cheese with a little pineapple. Just something quick.
2: Yeah, but you uh, got to do it when you're, you right. know, couple not spring of spring th-
1: chickens. Yeah, a couple of stalks of celery and then a very small... Hostess apple pie, I mean, very small, about two inch by two inch apple, <laughs> apple pie, just to get some fr- uh, more fruit intake into my system, and then I run off to work, and um, and then Sunday I have a bacon and cheese sandwich that mm-hmm. I eat before I run on Sundays, but Saturdays I have nothing. Now I can fill that with pancakes. Oh,
2: I hope you tried the cutout method.
1: Oh, yeah. I believe me. I can't wait to do the cutout method. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was a kid who we would uh, get pancakes every once in a while. When, you know, you got 11 people in the house, you know, nine kids and two parents. And um, it was odd. Uh, my dad never really ate with us because he was always busy. He would he, worked, he was off to work before we all got up and. You know, by the time he got home, we were finished with dinner and th- these things. Sure. And on Sundays, my mother would make him this humongous breakfast, hmm. and it was eggs with uh, uh, cow brains. <laughs> I know. I know. Oh, I know. I never. Hate every, just...
2: I hate everything about
1: that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't even eat eggs, but he ate eggs with cow brains, and and uh, it's it's. This wasn't part of it, but he also ate pig feet and snoots. You know what snoots are?
2: Mm, I mean, is it the nose?
1: Yes. <laughs> he yeah, would barbecue I'm... those. Those were actually uh-huh. kind he of, would, he would barbecue those, and it was just skin, so it just turned into uh, 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 something a little chewy, a little uh, crunchy. That wasn't bad.
2: Mm, disagree. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I've never had them, but I'm going to still disagree with you. That oh, sounds yeah. absolutely
1: horrible. Because, you know, you've heard of chitlins, right? Yep. Yeah. No, I. their chitlins will not ever go down my stomach, down my throat. <laughs> 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 the smell along will make me repel, but most of my family ate that crap, too. And I was like, ugh. But, no, there would be some big, you know, uh, sausage link that would be on the plate with his eggs and he would have a separate bowl of grits and I mean it was a massive <laughs> massive massive meal and he couldn't finish it all and we would always look forward to that because we could eat, <laughs> we could finish off the, the rest for him huh.
2: so just to be clear your father had sausage which is a pig yes. eggs which is a chicken oh, yeah. and then cow brains so he just he just took the whole barnyard down
1: oh yeah Okay. With bacon also. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. He had it all going on. Yeah. And he wasn't from the country. Now, his parents were, but he was not. So part of that came from the way his mother fed him.
2: Sure. Yeah, that makes sense.
1: Yeah. So, um, but yeah, there was a lot of stuff on that plate that I wouldn't touch I ate the pancakes and I would touch the bacon, but that was about, <laughs> that was about it. So, yeah,
2: my, my mom used to, you know, I think you, you kind of eat what your parents feed you because that's who's making the food. That's right. probably what happened to your dad, but my mom used to make me pancakes and then she would pour syrup over the top like a heathen. Right. And I will <laughs> never forgive her for that. She wasted a lot of my time in my life.
1: She wasted a lot of syrup, it sounded like, too. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> If we, if we all would have just cut out the middle, like you said, we'd have sa- we would save a lot of money on syrup.
2: Yeah, and if you're at a diner, you don't want to cut a piece of pancake and then wipe it across the plate to right. get your syrup because you don't know what was eaten on there the last time. Just put it right in the middle. It's so simple.
1: <laughs> well, if, if I could, Chad, <laughs> when I go to restaurants... S- especially like to a waffle house or something like that, if I could get my food on a paper plate and with plastic fork and knife, <laughs> yeah. I would be happy. <laughs> yeah, I would be happy. Now, your places like J.D. Hoyt's, who I know they're probably cleaning the hell out of the plate and this, that, and the yep. other, I would, uh, you know, I don't have a problem with that. Matter of fact, yeah, I was at Hoyt's on Thursday at a uh, dinner with a buddy. He just lost his wife the day before Thanksgiving. And, and you know, I'm just constantly checking up on him. They were sure. been married for a long time and I coached their kids in hockey. And, um, yeah, they had a son and daughter and I coached them both in hockey. Also, his wife was my eye doctor. So I'm okay in the process of trying to find a new eye doctor. So mm-hmm. through her, I mean, through him she let it be known who her replacement should be so i'm in a process of uh, trying okay. to get an appointment great woman very nice friend great eye doctor and my last comment on that is cancer sucks so
2: oh it's such a bitch
1: yeah I, and i'm a survivor and it still sucks cuz it's mm-hmm. it's you know it's taken way too many of us too soon these days so yeah no doubt so um as we wrap up here, sir, uh, can you, like, you know, tell me what's going on, how people can listen to you? You know, you got a billion s- streams going on, you know, just like McDonald's. You, you know, you got a billion going on. <laughs> <laughs> so does that make you a billionaire if you got a billion streams or whatnot? Oh, no, it
2: sure doesn't. <laughs> the, the math does not check on that one. Uh, but yeah, so you, you can go to, and I know Pandora is an old school streaming app, but, um, you can go to Pandora and you can make a Chad Daniels station and then it'll kind of suggest some other comedians on there too. But most of the stuff is mine, I believe. And then, uh, my website is chaddaniels.com that has all my tour dates on it and Mm -hmm. merch and all my specials. And then you can, uh, if you want to follow on Instagram, if that's your thing, it's just that Chad Daniels.
1: Yeah. I'm, um. I'm going to do some uh, shameless begging here. If you have any other uh, comedians who you think I may want to talk to, please pass them on to me. Yeah, Um, for sure. Because my want list is to get Louie Anderson, and I'm going to reach out to uh, Catherine Bernard, ask her to ask how I get in touch with Louie, because she's tighter with uh, Louie than Tom is. So
2: sure. Okay. Yeah, I would. Yeah, that's uh <laughs> I think that's your best route there for Louie is, is going through her.
1: Right. And um and there's a few others. But if you have anybody, please pass them on to me, you know, because okay. as you can tell, I don't ask any. And Kevin can tell you the same. Mike Brady can tell you the same. And there's been, a f- like I said, a few others that I've had on. I don't ask anybody to come on <laughs> this podcast and be funny. so. Right. I just yep. ask them to come on and be themselves and be human. So Absolutely. And for my guest my uh, listeners, to um, learn a little something about you and hopefully become a fan of yours. I Like I said, I was born in St. Louis, so half my audience is in Minneapolis, half of it's in um, uh, <laughs> St. Louis. And there's uh, sprinkling around the nation, like in Arizona. And I have a friend that's... He we grew up together in St. Louis and now he just travels the country in a okay. um, <laughs> what a truck with a pop up. Well, not even a oh. pop up, a permanent structure that he drags, but not a full not a full Winnebago, but something like that. And uh he just travels the country and he's okay. And he blogs about it and whatnot. And so, oh, so nice. that'd be yeah. fun. And he said he's working on a book, but he wants me to go through it. And it's supposed to be a humor book about our lives, but he wants me to go through it and uh, punch it up for him once he gets it sure. done. So. Oh, nice. That's very cool. So he must like my sense of humor. I don't know. As I used to tell people, I would make a better comic writer than I would a um, comedian.
2: So. Well, maybe, maybe he just wants you to sign it Darth Vader.
1: <laughs> That's how I would probably finish it. It would do if he asked me to do the forward and just put Darth Vader. (laughs) So, yeah. So you're in Cincinnati right now. Where else are you headed to?
2: Uh, Let's see. I have next week off. My daughter has a figure skating competition. And then after that, I am going to uh, Connecticut. There's a casino in, uh, I don't even know how to say it, Uncassville. Okay. That's probably can't even be even close, but. Uh, and then I go to Boston for the weekend. So I'm in at the in casino in Connecticut on Thursday and then Friday and Saturday. I'm headed
1: over to Boston and then uh,
2: then February will be here before you know it. So right.
1: Yeah. And, yeah. Peop- and people can find those dates again where?
2: Chad All
1: right. And uh, I still like it when you uh, and I don't know what entity this you're using this, but uh, the name Dad Chaniels. Oh yeah. <laughs> you, took yeah the, you took the the first letters of uh Chad Daniels and switched them and it became Daniel. Yeah, well Chan- somebody
2: it was a um a kid that came to my show in Sacramento that uh that came up and put his head on my shoulder and he goes, Oh, I wish you were my dad and then was, as he, we were taking a picture and as he was leaving he goes, I love you dad chaniels <laughs> and, and then I that made me giggle, so I just kept it and I even named a special that. <laughs>
1: There you go. <laughs> it's been a pleasure, my man. I yeah, appreciate thanks for you having giving me on. You I appreciate time. It. And you can mm-hmm. tell people I'm not a you know, I'm pretty laid back and I'm not a jerk when I do this. So he's not a monster. <laughs> no. No. I mean uh the reason why this is called the JB's Low Tech Podcast, it's always a minor miracle that everything works. <laughs> and I have something <laughs> I have something to uh produce and give out to the world <laughs> every week so perfect yeah all right well thanks for coming on uh ladies yeah, and gentlemen. thanks for having me i appreciate it yeah ladies and gentlemen again this has been national and and world traveler comedian chad daniels and he is a headliner here on the <laughs> jb's low tech
3: podcast
1: take care man You too. Thank you.
3: Yep. Bye. In Pennsylvania, a teenage girl that was about to turn 18 was driving her brand new car home when she looked down to check a text message and struck a tree, killing herself and injuring a friend in the car. The average message takes 4.6 seconds to create. Hi, I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshaw and Bryant. Please don't drive while intoxicated or allow your friends and family to do so. No text message or phone call is worth dying for. By Mike Bryant at Minnesota Personal com. Mike Bryant, seeking justice for the injured. My name and up, motherfuckers, is my game.
1: White right on Negro, Black, African American, Black, black, Black Django, JB, Damn, Dolomite, Great in
2: heaven, you know. JB, our great Negro sex machine.